as we read the Word of God, I'm going to have you turn to Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. I'm going to read verses 22 through 25, and then we're going to jump down to verse 31. And so we'll begin in verse 22. Now, if you have a pen or a pencil on you and you write in your Bible, I'm going to encourage you to underline a couple of things. And I just want you to see this in verse 22, and it says, and this is Paul speaking, And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. You ought to underline that in your Bible. Be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. So be of good cheer. Verse 23, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am, and whom I serve. I want you to underline that, whom I serve. And then in verse 24 he says, Saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. He brings it up again. Notice what he says. For I believe God. You ought to underline that in your Bible. Paul said, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Jump down to verse 31. He says, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, and I want you to underline this in your Bible, except these, abide in the ship. I want you to underline that phrase, abide in the ship. You cannot be saved. Except you abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. You may be seated. You know, the storm that Paul and the others were facing uh, was a physical storm. It was a tempestuous storm. If we look up in verse 14, it says, but not long after the uh, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called a Euroclide, and we call that El Nino today. <laughs> and so there was a terrible, terrible storm that came. And so this storm entered in without warning, but here's the thing. God had warned Paul. Paul had warned the shipmen, and the shipmen ignored Paul. <laughs> so they took the trip anyway. So they had a bunch of prisoners that they were getting ready to take, and Paul was one of their prisoners, and so... Uh, Paul uh, told them that uh, we should probably not set sail, and they chose to do it anyway. And so they went on their way, and so the storm entered in without warning and overcame the vessel that they were traveling in and nearly took their lives. But the safest place for Paul and the crew, I want you to get a hold of this, was to abide in the ship. <laughs> if you're going to be saved, you've got to abide in the ship. And so as we look at this, all had lost hope, and you can see this if you just read the uh, verses uh, 1 through, I think it's 42 or 44, uh, you can uh, see the entire story. But they had lost hope, and, and, and what I want you to get a hold of is the principles that Paul followed. One of the things he did is he exhorted the others to be okay. Listen, I'm going to tell you, things are going to be okay. And in the midst of the storm sometimes, somebody needs you as a saved individual to walk up to them and say, listen, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And, and we need to come up alongside those people at times and let them know it's going to be okay. And so as we look at this and to encourage others and then to do the same yourself, but listen, I want to challenge you with this thought. This was a physical storm for Paul. And of course, we've just had some things go wrong around here as of late. There's been floods. There's been uh, tornadoes. There's been people with losses of homes. And there's been physical storms around. But listen, if you have your life, you're okay. But here's the thing. God said, abide in the ship, didn't he? He said, abide in the ship. And I want to challenge us with that thought this morning. And when the difficult times of life come about and the storms come up, and I want us to think about these biblical principles that we're going to look at at this time. And listen, it's hard sometimes to follow those, back, or to practice those biblical principles when things are going wrong. Would you agree? 
How many of us lose sight of the biblical principles when things start to go wrong? And so what happens is, is we still need to abide in this ship. Would you agree this morning that we just need to abide in the Word of God? We need to stick with the stuff. We need to believe God. We need to encourage others. We need to come to the place where when God says something, He meant it. And listen, He will fulfill His Word. We just need to believe God. And we need to abide in the ship. So here's the challenge for us this morning. Are you sticking to the biblical principles of the Word of God when the storms of life arise? Now, I know you think, Man, pastor's life is perfect. He has no trouble, never has any problems. Nothing ever goes wrong for him. In fact, if he got a flat tire, the air would just seemingly go right back into the tire. He'd never even have to pull over to the side of the road and get a jack out of the car because the jack would probably come out itself and lift the car up and even change the tire for it. I mean, that's just how angelic our pastor is. Phooey. <laughs> Things go wrong, don't they? I was telling Brother Mike, I was all excited. I got my welder hooked up at the house, and I remember my dad had taught me how to weld when I was younger. So I went out there with all the gusto in the world. I went out there, and it was like, I got this a stick welder, right? And you, it was sticking for sure. It was like, <laughs> man, I got frustrated. So I said, hey, Chris, listen, I'm having a problem with this. He goes, well, you got to get the right temperature. You got to get the right climate. You got to get this. You got to, I was like, shut up, Chris. I don't want to hear all that stuff. Just come out and weld the thing for me. No. <laughs> Oh, don't worry, Pastor. I'll take care of that for you. <laughs> so the thing of it is, is things go wrong for us, don't they? They just go wrong. Uh, Anita was out the other day, and she was driving the tractor, and she said, I, I said, it, and it seems like every time I let her ride my riding motor, and I love my wife, every time I let her ride my riding motor, something goes wrong. So she comes over, and she says, something's wrong. I was like, what's wrong? She said, I don't know. The deck's just laying on the ground. I was like, what do you mean the deck's laying on the ground? <laughs> So I go out there, and I'm like, how do you break a grade 8 bolt? I have no idea. But the wheel is broken off, and it's laying on the ground. What? Things go wrong, don't they? Things just go wrong. In the middle of our storms, where do we turn to? Now, I said, no, honey, don't worry about it, sweetheart. I was just this sweet. No, Miss Fisher, I wasn't. I was like, what'd you do? <laughs> it's a grade 8 bolt. I'm down at Mike's place down at True Valley. Mike, I need this now. And he goes, what happened? I didn't even want to tell him. <laughs> Let my wife ride the tractor again. <laughs> right? Things go wrong. Are you sticking to biblical principles of the Word of God when the storms of life arise? And they come, don't they? They get hard. So storms will do some things to us. It will either cause us to fear. Would you agree with that? Storms will cause us to fear. Or they'll cause us to increase our faith. And the storms of life will do either or to you. And so you're either going to be a person of faith or you're going to be a person of fear. And God has not given us the spirit of fear. Are we agreeing on that this morning? <laughs> He's given us power and strength, right? A sound mind, he tells us. And so here's some principles that we're going to try to put into effect. There are three crucial principles to follow when the storms of life come on us suddenly. One of the things is, is keep a good spirit. Keep a good spirit. That's what Paul did. When I look at this, and he said, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer. <laughs> hey, listen, we're in the middle of a storm, Paul. The boat's being torn apart. We're throwing stuff off the sides. And you said, what? Right? So what does Paul tell them? Be of good cheer. It's all right. It's going to be okay. And you're thinking, no, wait a minute. The back of the ship's about to blow apart here, Paul. We're throwing everything off, and you tell me to be of what? And the thing of it is, is what happens to us when fear sets in? We start to do something. What do we do? We panic. How many of you agree that we panic at times whenever fear sets in? 
and we start to panic rather than think about things or think about the principles of God, we start to panic. And then I want you to think about this. Not only keep a good spirit, but here's the thing. Paul said, I believe God. Isn't that what he said? I believe God. We've got to trust God in the midst of our storm. We have to trust the Lord in the middle of those storms. And here's the other thing. One of the things that Paul wanted them to know is don't quit. Don't give up. Don't stop. Sometimes whenever things are going wrong, we want to abandon ship rather than to abide in the ship. Would you agree? <laughs> we want to abandon rather than abide. We want to get off rather than stick with the stuff. And so what happens is, is that Paul gives them some three basic principles here. And the first one is, is to keep a good spirit. And when things go wrong, and they will, amen, things will go wrong. Amen. And when they do, don't abandon your faith. I'm telling you this morning, abide in Christ. <laughs> go to him in the midst of the storm. Now, when I think about that, he said in John 15, 4, abide in me and I in where? You abide in him, abide in the ship, stick with the stuff, stay with God. A key component to keeping a good attitude is having a strong prayer life, I believe. And when we don't pray, things go wrong and we're not walking with God and we're not fellowshipping with God as we should. And when things go wrong, we lose sight of stuff. And so that carnal man or that fleshly side of me wants to come out rather than allow myself to really abide in the ship. And I think praying will, and in difficult times, be the key. And Paul says this, and I, I can't comprehend this. I'm looking back, and I'm seeing what's actually happening. And this tempestuous storm comes up, and here's the thing. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. That's what I do with Anita when we go on long trips. When she doesn't want to do it anymore, I said, well, I'm going to just let you drive, sweetie. <laughs> Pull over, let her, right? So here it is. God said, this tempestuous storm came upon him. So what are we going to do? This tempestuous storm comes up, and he said, we got to stick with the stuff here. I get over here to verse 22, and I'm thinking, man, things are going wrong for these people. This is a tough storm. And what does he tell them? Be of good cheer. <laughs> Think about those phrases for a moment. This, chip, this ship is coming apart. They are in the middle of what I would consider probably a pretty bad hurricane is the way I see it. And I mean, this ship is being tossed to and fro. And listen, when we're in the storms of life, how many of you feel that way at times? And you're being tossed to and fro, and you're not sure where to turn, and you're not sure what direction you're headed in, and you're not sure of those things. I want to tell you, there is something that's going to keep you sure and steady, and his name is Jesus Christ. Abide in the ship. Yeah. Stick with the stuff. Don't turn to the left and the right. Now, the best way to stay calm when you face life's storm, I believe it's to pray. And Paul had already been told by God that the journey was to be at Rome. And he said, hey, Paul, I just want you to know you have to stand before Caesar. And so Paul knew death wasn't at least coming to him, but he was trying to tell the rest of the ship. God said, listen, no harm's going to come to any soul. So Paul said, I believe God. I believe God. And what happens to us in the midst of our storms is we forget to believe God. We forget to stick to the truth. We forget to abide in the ship. So train yourself to always make prayer your first response. Every time you face a storm of life, I want you to say, get on your knees and get to God and find out what God's doing. <laughs> get alone with him and say, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And so I challenge you with that. So Paul told those that had lost all hope to be of good cheer. Can you imagine that? These guys lost hope, and Paul said, be of good cheer. Hang in there. Stick with the stuff. 
How many of you want to bop somebody in the nose when they tell you that when things are going wrong for you? They say, no, just hang in there. Yeah. You're like, come here, I'm going to give you five knuckles right now. Right? That's how we feel. And the thing of it is, is that's not what God intends for us to do. He said, none of us are going to die, but the ship will go aground. Isn't that what he told him? He said, the ship's going to be destroyed. And listen, Paul knew what was going to happen. He's trying to communicate this message to him. I'm here to tell you, in the midst of your storm, listen, Jesus Christ is there for you. He said, abide in the ship. Abide in the ship. He's there for you in the midst of that storm. So what happens to your spirit when the storm of life approaches? You know what happens? The circumstances start to control us, don't they? They start to control our thinking. They control our attitude. They control what we do, how we behave, how we act. And I want to tell you, when that's happening, the Holy Spirit's not controlling you anymore. Your circumstances are. You're allowing whatever it is that's coming around you to control you. And listen, God said, be ye not drunk with wine, words in excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Isn't that what he told us? And so what we have to do in the midst of our storms is allow God the Holy Spirit to have control at that moment. Certainly Paul uh, could have had every cause to be angry. He could have been mad, and the circumstances of his attitude could have been terrible. But he did not say that. Instead, he said in the midst of that storm, he said, be of good what? Cheer. Whew. There's times I don't want to be of good cheer. Would you agree? And you feel like so many things are going on, and what do you want to do? How many of you have ever just wanted to go out in the woods and just scream at the top of your lungs so nobody's around? You know what I mean? You just want to go out there, Aah! Have you ever felt that way? Yeah. Only me. I'm the only sinner in the room. I know it. <laughs> and there are times where you're just frustrated, aren't you? And you're thinking, why is it this way? And Paul said, hey, be of good cheer. <laughs> I don't know about you, but <laughs> you're driving down the highway and it's pouring down raining and you realize that... Uh, when you do go to change the tire, that the tire is, the spare tire is flat. And that even when you went to change it, that you realize someone has taken the jack out of the car. And so you're out there and you're opening all this up and you're being drenched from head to toe. And you're saying to yourself, things go wrong, don't they? And then the first thing you think is, I bet you Connor took this out of the car, didn't he? <laughs> So now I have to find someone to blame, amen? It's just like Adam in the garden, isn't it? What did he say? Lord, it wasn't me. It was that woman you gave me. He blamed God. And then he threw his wife under the bus. And so God goes to Eve and says the same thing to Eve. And Eve goes, hey, it wasn't me. It was that serpent over there, amen? He goes to the serpent, but all of them paid a cost, didn't they? Because they didn't follow the word of God. In the midst of our storms, we still have to follow God. I challenge you with this. The word tempestuous means stormy. Now listen to this. As if being smoky and unable to see. Have you ever been there where it's just cloudy? And what I mean by that is not just the clouds in the sky. I'm saying that it's so fuzzy because so many things are going wrong and I can't see clear. Are you with me? If any of you lack wisdom, ask of God. let him ask of God. Have you ever been in those cloudy times where it's so hard to see and you're wondering, what do I do? I'm telling you right now, abide in the ship. <laughs> abide in the ship. When I look at this and I see this, notice that the ship was controlled by the wind. I believe that's like the Holy Spirit. It says we let her drive. We let the Spirit of the Lord take over. And listen, your mindset will change. Your mindset will change when you allow the Holy Spirit to take over your situation for you rather than you try to do it in the flesh. When you do it in the flesh, things are going to continue to go wrong. 
But when you allow the Spirit of the Lord to start driving your thinking and taking you back to the ship and putting you back into focus and letting you see this, and then you can be of good cheer because you know God's in control. It's no longer me. And when we see these things, seemingly they're out of control, but it's better to let the Holy Spirit have His way and to help you. And you say, what do I need His help with? Hey, how about just a good attitude in the midst of it all? Amen? How about a good spirit in the midst of it all? How about a good, strong testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ in the middle of my trouble? How about that be a testimony for Him? How about in the midst of my trial, I'm turning it back over to my Savior and saying, God, I need you to help me to abide in the ship in the midst of my storm. Because the first thing we think is, let's abandon it. Let's get away from it. When we think about this, to lose all hope is not faith. Would you agree? If you lose all hope, and it says, and the men lost all hope. And Paul said, don't lose hope, be of good cheer. <laughs> be of good cheer in the middle of it. And, and, and to lose all hope, uh, but to be of good cheer is having the right attitude in the midst of the storm. Now, I alluded to this a moment ago, but we all ought to know this verse in 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy 1.7 is something we ought to carry around with us often. And when you read this in the scriptures, it says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. When we panic, when we panic instead of pray, when we lose it, we quit thinking. Would you agree with that? When you get to the place where you start to panic, you stop thinking, don't you? And you allow the flesh to start to take over. And you come to that place, and yet God says, He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so I believe in the midst of this storm, what happened to Paul was... He was going to abide in the ship, wasn't he? Why? Because he believed God. And he was going to be of good cheer, and he told the others to do the same. How many of you know Nahum 1.3 and 1.7? He said, The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind of the storm and in the clouds of the dust of his feet. Who has his way in the whirlwind of the storm? Now listen, we understand they're talking about physical weather there, but also I believe in the midst of the storm, if we'll turn ourselves over to God, that God has control of the situation. Do you believe that today? Hallelujah, the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Isn't that what the Bible says? In Revelation 19.6, he tells us that he's in control. <laughs> and what happens is, is you would think he's no longer in control by the way we behave sometimes. And listen, when we behave like the world, when we act like the world, when we react like the world, that doesn't testify for Christ at all to anybody. Oh, but can you imagine the testimony right here that Paul had? <laughs> he said, be of good cheer. He's telling a bunch of heathens to be of good cheer in the midst of a storm, isn't he? And sometimes that's what we've got to try to communicate to others. Now listen, the Lord is good. How many of you know this? The Lord is good. Would you just say that with me? The Lord is good. Nahum 1.7, the Lord is good. Now listen to what he tells us. It says, a stronghold in the day of trouble. Now think about this. And he knoweth them that trust in him. Who's he know? Who's he know? Them that trust him, right? Now listen, the Lord is what? Good. Say it with me. The Lord is? Good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble, isn't he? And he knoweth them that do what? Trust him. You have to trust him. You have to trust him, even in the midst of the storm. Now, I challenge you with this thought. When you're uh, in the midst of a storm, think about your spirit. 
And he's saying, I don't have time to think about that. I've got stuff to get done. I'm mad at this person. I'm mad at that person. I'm angry at this situation. I'm angry at that situation. I'm going to resolve this. I'm going to get to them. I'm going to let them have it. And when I speak to them, and we have all this stuff going on inside our head. Now, I, like I said, I know I'm the only sinner in here. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is sometimes that's just what we do to ourselves, don't we? How many of us get inside our own head too much? Amen? How many of you like to remove it at times and say, let me just do this mundane activity for a moment. I just deactivate my mind for a second. <laughs> and what we do is we allow ourselves to get in the midst of that. So here it is. It's not panic. It's prayer. Amen? Yes. It's not let me come up with an answer. It's let me abide in the ship. Let me stick with God. Let me do it through faith and prayer. You must remain faithful to the Scripture in the truth of the storms. Uh, listen to me. The second principle is this. Look at verses uh, 24 here. He said, saying, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and, lo, God hath given, them, uh, the, given thee all them that sell with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. Now, what did Paul say? I have to stand before Caesar. There's no way I'm going to die today. Because God told him already, you're going to stand before what? Caesar. He believed God, didn't he? You know, when you get saved, <laughs> the wonderful thing about it is, God says that he offers us eternal life. Thou shalt be what? Saved. We ought to just believe God. Amen? And then once you're saved, God tells us that we ought to get to know him better. And that we should grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We, we should just do that, wouldn't you agree? We should just get to know him better. And the reason that we do these things is because we trust God. Now, Paul stated, fear not, because he trusted God's word. And here's the thing. You have to do the same thing in the midst of your trial. And he tells them, be of good cheer. And he emphasized them by telling them this, I believe God. Listen, what happens to us in the midst of this? How many of you remember the man saying, Lord, I believe. Help thou my what? Unbelief. In the, in the midst of our troubles, unbelief starts to set in. Would you say that you would agree with that this morning that there are times when the trials of life come that we start to have a level of unbelief in our lives. Amen? And God even has an answer for that and that is whenever you're having that feelings of unbelief, go to Him and tell Him that and say, Lord, help me with my unbelief right now. Abide in the ship. Stick with the stuff. Go to Him. I can do all things through Christ with what? Strengthens me. Amen? You, you, you see this in the Scriptures over and over again. So Paul did not lose his testimony for the Lord, but he used the circumstances to testify for the Lord. If we lose it in the midst of our trials, we're not testifying for Christ. We're almost testifying against Him. We're saying, I, I have Jesus Christ. He saved my soul, but He cannot help me at all with what I'm going through right now. Nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody understands the temptation. Nobody understands the trial. Nobody is there for me. And we just kind of lose it, and all that are around us see it, whether it's family, friends, neighbors, saved and unsaved, they're watching us behave in the flesh. And I tell you, abide in the ship. Often you can show the heathen a loss of your faith by not trusting the Lord in the midst of your trial. Paul had a bunch of heathens around him, didn't he? And he said, I believe God. Now, here's the thing. Would your life in the midst of your trial testify of your Savior? Would it show that you believe God? Or would it testify otherwise? 
And so the challenge to us is, is testify for Christ. Often you can show the heathen your faith by living a life that is pleasing to the Lord. There are times in which your testimony needs to be stronger along with your faith in God. You need to have a stronger testimony in the midst of our trials. Let me give you some verses. You can write these down. I'm not going to turn to every one of them. 2 Corinthians 1.9. 2 Corinthians 1.9. The Bible says, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves. <laughs> Hold on. What did he just say? We had the sentence of what in us? Death. Death was on the horizon. Now listen to what Paul says here. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. Even in the midst of dying, Paul said, what? I got to trust God even if I'm going to die. Even if death is falling upon me, I have to trust God. Now, he goes on and, and teaches us some things in that passage, but if you trust God, even when the sentence of death has come, it's not what's in control, it's God that's in control, isn't it? And so what we can't do is allow our circumstances to take control of the situation. We have to believe God in the midst of our trials. You say, preacher, we know you fulfill that all the time. Fooey. I do not. There are times where I struggle just like you do. And I realize I have to fall to my knees, ask for forgiveness, seek my God, and ask Him to help me in the midst of my trials. Because I don't have the faith that I need sometimes, and I have to go to God just like I challenge you to do the same. And when I don't have the answer, it's not that I stand up and be brassy and bold and try to fall into man's philosophy, but I need to go back and abide in the ship. Amen? And just as I share that with you about myself, I share that that's exactly what you should do. Abide in the ship. When I look at this, 1 Timothy 4.10, he said, For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially those that believe. <laughs> and he said in this passage, We both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God. Things go wrong. Just because we believe in God doesn't mean that things won't go wrong. But what we do when things go wrong really testifies to where our faith is standing in our Savior. And that's what God's looking for. When the outcome is not what you expected, what do we have a tendency to do? When the outcome is not what you expected, what do we have a tendency to do? It's okay to say it. Lord, you got it wrong. It's not what I wanted. And we want to tell God maybe how he got it wrong. You say, preacher, I'd never tell God that. Oh, our actions speak far louder than our words sometimes, don't they? And the thing of it is, is that God's never wrong. Would you agree with that today? Let God be true in every man of what? Isn't that the truth? <laughs> and so we have to depend on God in the midst of these situations. When I look at this and when the outcome's not what you expected, there's a tendency to think God has forsaken us. God, what'd you do? Why'd you leave me like this? I mean, Paul could have done that, couldn't he? Right here on this ship, when this ship was in the middle of that storm, he could have turned to those guys instead of saying, be of good cheer, I believe God. He could have turned to them and said, oh man, what's wrong? I don't know what to do now. Everybody jump. Right? That's not what he did. But boy, when we behave like that, you say, well, I don't talk like that, Pastor. No, but we behave like that sometimes, don't we? And we just abandon the ship. We don't abide. When you don't have the expected outcome, sometimes we get to that place, but 
when you need to trust him more and seek him out more, sometimes that's when we do it the least. He tells us in Psalm 9:10, and they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. <laughs> Wait a minute. They that know thy name will put thy trust in what? Thee. If I know him, I'm going to put my trust in him, am I? Hey, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, all I got to do is say it. And many of you will just stand up and quote it, I'm sure. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy what? Is that what Paul was following right here? Is that not what he was doing? He knew when they got in that ship, a storm was coming. <laughs> and he, he got on the ship because he was a prisoner. He was placed on that ship. But God used him as a testimony to all those heathen. To all those that were unsaved, he used him. In Psalm 146.3, Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. He said, don't trust in yourselves. Sometimes we put more faith in ourselves than we ought to. Would you agree? And we get to the place where we, we put so much faith in what we know or what our knowledge is or what we're capable of or what we can do. And man, that is a downward spiral for man. We need to trust God more. And especially in the midst of the storm. You know, God is good, isn't he? God is so faithful. And, and you look at Nahum 1-7. The Lord is what? Good. good. Say it with me. Nahum 1-7. The Lord is good. Amen, Kevin. When troubles arise, do not give up. The Lord will help you. <laughs> the Lord will help us. I want you to see this last verse. Look at verse 31, and I've been saying this throughout the message. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, accept. Think about that word for just a moment. Accept these abide in the ship. What does it say? You cannot be saved. Hey, Noah told him to get in the boat one day too, didn't he? didn't he? He told the world, get in the boat. And the world believed him not. And Noah and his family were saved. Amen? But there was a day when he said, get in the ship. Wasn't there? Paul said, abide in the ship. And I'm telling you this morning, abide in the ship. Jesus Christ is the vessel we ought to cling to. Amen? Jesus Christ is the one we ought to stay in. When you think about this third principle, do not quit, I want to challenge you with this thought. When you abandon ship, notice what the passage says. You cannot be saved. When we abandon the principles of the Word of God as believers, why would we expect God to do anything for us? When we abandon truth and we abandon the Word of God and we abandon those things which God has taught us and trained us, why would we expect God to do something for us if we're going to abandon the very thing that He told us to stick with? And when you look to this, you see this. Now, this is talking about deliverance from a storm, and there were certain of them that needed to remain in the boat. He stated, abide in the ship, and there are times when the Lord is telling you to be steadfast. And listen, we need to do that with our thoughts, with our attitude, with our spirit, and we need to immediately stay inside the ship, not abandon. We need to stick with the stuff. You know, you quit on God when the Lord has uses man sometimes to help communicate a message to you. I'm going to abandon ship. I don't like the message. I'm out of here. Sometimes it gets to the place where they stick with the Lord regardless of how tempestuous the storm is in your life, and that's what God desires for us to do. Stick with the stuff. Don't abandon ship. <laughs> My dad told me when I was growing up often, he said, the easiest thing in the world to do, son, is to quit. 
Listen to what I just said to you. The easiest thing in the world to do is to what? Quit. It's easy to quit. It's easy to throw your hands in here and say, I'm done with this, isn't it? You know what's hard? To come up with answers sometimes, isn't it? To be in the midst of the storm and to not panic but pray. To be in the midst of the storm and say, you know what, I'm going to trust God and not my own thoughts and feelings. You know what, in the midst of my storm, I'm going to walk with God in the middle of this. I'm not quitting. God hadn't called me to quit. God has called me to stick with the stuff, hasn't he? And so I'm going to challenge myself to stick with the stuff. And what I share with you is, is realize that the greater the storm, the greater our God can show himself in the midst of that storm. Amen? You say, you have no idea how big the storm is, preacher. You have no idea what I'm going through. You have no idea how much I'm hurting. You have no idea how much pain I'm going through. You have no idea the feelings that are inside of me. You have no idea what I'm going through. And I tell you, I do not. But he does. He knows you inside and out. He knows exactly what you're going through. And he knows exactly what to do about it. And the bigger the storm, the greater your God can show himself to you. And you look at this for just a moment, and I want to challenge you with this. Mark 4, 37 through 41. And there arose a great storm of wind. How many of you know these passages? And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Now, when I say it was now full, I want you to understand the water was now getting where? In the boat, wasn't it? And it says it was now full. And he says this, and he was in the hinder part of the ship. They're talking about Jesus, and he was asleep on a pillow. Wait a minute. They're in the middle of a storm. Are you with me? Just kind of picture this in your mind. They're in the middle of the storm. The boat's being tossed to and fro. The boat's being filled with water. These guys are getting ready to start panicking in the middle of the storm, and Jesus is in the back of the ship asleep on a what? You think he was concerned? Where's our faith in the midst of the storm? And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him. They went back and got him. You think God was going to let anything happen to Jesus? <laughs> hey, listen, this is a test of faith, isn't it? It's a test of faith for these disciples in the midst of this storm. And they went back and got him, and it says, And they awake him, and, and listen, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? <laughs> you know, when you read the Bible and you see that he came to seek and to save that which was lost, right? That none should what? Perish, but all should come to repent. <laughs> you know, I read this passage and, and, and telling Jesus, Don't you care if we die? <laughs> Yeah, he does. So much so that he gave himself for you. Amen? Boy, we ought to abide in the ship. Amen? We ought to stick with the stuff. He goes on and he says, and he arose. Now listen to this. And he rebuked the wind. He stopped it. Think about this for just a moment now. Is that not what he could have done? The same thing if those heathens would have just believed Paul? He could have brought it all to a stop, couldn't he? Paul said, I believe God. Now listen, here's what I'm challenging you with. <laughs> Maybe God's having you testify to someone else by the trouble that you're facing. You say, preacher, I don't like that. I don't like that message, and I don't want to hear that anymore. But sometimes the very trial that you're going through, God's using you to testify to someone else. Do you know how many of you realize that other people are watching your lives? How many of you know they're watching you? 
Chris, I bring this up often because Paul Sturwald said that to us, didn't he? He said that about you, didn't he? He said, I've watched him for years. And I want to challenge you to understand something, folks. People watch our lives. And, and listen, they're watching how you're responding based upon the fact that you say you have faith in God and you're going to heaven. I just had to go back and preach to my family. And I just told you, they refer to me as Bobby, right? Everybody calls me Bobby back there. So I, I, I'm preaching, and, and they remember this little punk kid. And yet I'm up there telling them, Brother Bill, Jesus Christ saved me. Saved me from all my sin. And he can do the same for them. And when I'm talking to my family folks, we're dealing with all kinds of situations, drugs, alcohol, all kinds of problems sitting out there. And it's all around us. Miss Connie, I just stood up and I thought, God, give me the strength, because it's hard to go stand before family sometimes. And I had to testify to my family what Christ has done for me. Oh, it's not hard to testify of Christ, but boy, they want to lay it on you, don't they? Boy, do you remember when you? Do you remember when you? Do you remember when you? <laughs> boy, they want to bring you past up, don't they? They want to remind you of everything you've done wrong. Miss Carol, I've done a lot wrong. I was a rascal, man. <laughs> but I had to testify to him. And I stood up there, and my dad was sitting in the back. He said, don't quit. Abide in the ship. Don't quit. I can hear him all my life saying, don't quit. Oh, can you imagine? Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose. He rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. So when I stood up, a calmness started to come over me standing before my family. And I had pleaded with God the night before, Lord, give me the peace to be able to go and do this. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. All of a sudden, God just calmed you down. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? Why are you afraid? What are you afraid of? Why are you so fearful? How is it? Oh, man. That you have no faith. When we're fearful... What did he just tell us? We have no faith. You see, we need to abide in the ship in those fearful times, don't we? We need to realize that he's the one that will bring the calm. He's the one that will bring peace. And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Wow. That's your God. In the midst of your storm, are you willing to say, be of good cheer? Are you willing to tell others in the midst of your storm, I believe God? In the midst of your storm, are you willing to hang in there and not quit? You know, Paul made it clear to get back to the routine. He, he goes on, and you look a little bit later, and in verse 36, and they were all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. Paul said, it's time to eat now. <laughs> Just kind of getting back to the normal routine things. 
And I thought about how God never abandons us. And God wants us to see, for the Lord has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God told us in Deuteronomy 4.31, for the Lord, thy God is merciful, he will not forsake thee. In Deuteronomy 31, 6 through 8, be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he is that, uh, that do, uh, doth go before thee, and he will not fail thee nor forsake thee. And the Lord, he is that doeth, uh, uh, that doth go before thee, he will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be dismayed. In First Chronicles 28, 20, and David had said to Solomon, his son, be strong and of good courage, and do it, fear not, nor be dismayed for the Lord God, even my God. That was a personal identification now, wasn't it? Even my God. <laughs> He's telling Solomon this. Even my God. And he said, even my God will be with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. He said, listen, Solomon, I just want you to know God's not going to let you down. Oh, but how many of us could say, yeah, I've let God down. I've let him down. I've let him down because I haven't trusted him in the midst of my trials. But if you'll abide in the ship in the midst of the storm and recall that Christ is there to calm the storm, show your faith to those around you, not fear. Let's pray. Heavenly Father.